welcome to the Elijah Fire podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's up, everybody? Happy Thursday, December 22nd. This is the Christmas special part one. Elijah Fire continues its countdown to Christmas, the best holiday in all the land. So I'm very excited. We're going to be festive. We're going to be merry. Lots of merrymaking today. Um, and I hope you guys have brought your A-game with the uh, Holly and the Jolly because it's going to be a great episode. Just a reminder, and I'll, I'll say it again tomorrow, that Monday the 26th is our observed holiday day here at Elijah List. And so we are actually not going to be doing a show. Oh, only four episodes next week. Oh, that's okay. Um, it's still four amazing episodes. But yes, next Monday. In just a couple of days, we will not be doing a show. So you can hang out with loved ones. You can eat more sweets and delicious leftovers and what have you. You know, look at your gifts, hang out with loved ones, watch Christmas movies, all that good stuff. Hang out in your PJs, which is what I will be doing. Also, your donations mean a lot to us. They make sure that we stay doing what we're doing, that we have jobs. Uh, and so you, uh, were supported by you guys and we just thank you so much for your generosity. I just wanted to remind everybody, um, especially as you're looking for an end of the year donation, um, that if you donate to elijahfire.com slash donate, it is tax, tax deductible, but also it keeps this thing afloat at five days a week on as many platforms as we can manage, which is four right now. Uh, we got a lot of exciting things for 2023 lined up. We just had a meeting yesterday, so very exciting things. Um, and also, some of that money is going towards our efforts over in Uganda, digging freshwater wells. We're digging a new freshwater well every three days. So I'll just play a quick update from over the last couple of months. A lot of growth, a lot of development over there uh, because of donations like yours. So we're going to play a quick video, and then we're going to get we're going to get going with Christmas. So here we go. Water. It's something we can't live without. Imagine a day without water. Think about what all would be affected. Laundry, cooking, watering your plants, showering, washing your hands, your morning coffee. Hospitals can't function, fires can't be put out, and so much more. Imagine a day without water. In Uganda, they don't have to imagine it. It's a reality. There are many people in Uganda that lack access to clean, safe water, but we can continue to change that reality. Children, elderly, families, they are still in need of clean, safe water. All right. So anytime you donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, some of your money, you can know that some of your money is going towards those wells, the development of those wells, giving people their lives back, totally transforming communities. Uh, it's something that's so simple, seems so simple, but it's so essential to us living. And um, that's what you're doing. So thank you so much for all of your donations and your generosity. Okay. Hey guys, I uh, we had this amazing guest on last week. Uh, it was a surprise because we had a cancellation. She came in, she came to the rescue. Uh, but she's an author. She's a speaker. She's a prophetic voice, a very accurate prophetic voice. She's a prophet to the nations. 
She's also the founder of Arise Kingdom Ministries. Let's give it up for my good friend, Krista Elisha. Christmas. Yeah. And you gift wrapped your head. I did. It yeah. took me two hours. I was like trying to use my retired cosmetology skills to look cute for everybody. Mm-hmm. I hope you all appreciate my theatrics. Yes. Look look amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Mine was very easy. I just put on a hat boom, and a Christmas sweater, which is Darth Vader. And it says, I find your lack of cheer disturbing. Oh my gosh. It's so yeah. Mine is the unicorn the unicorn the christmas unicorn they're in the bible you know i know yeah yeah so if you don't believe yeah. me you guys should look it up 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 some people say that's a rhino right but it says unicorn so yeah. especially if you look at like the older translations yeah right yeah it's the only time i will ever 100% go with the king james version yeah <laughs> yeah because yeah so people just went oh i'm sorry guys yeah, yeah. it's okay there are some yeah they're like i think like johnny enlow pointed out he said like james is actually jacob Jacob, but that king james changed it to james and i looked it up and it's right like it like it legit if you look at the concordance like it actually is Jacob. like that's the pronounce correct pronunciation so yeah that's um it's a whole can of worms. That is a can of worms. Yeah, because I'm getting ready to do a whole thing on like how to study the Bible. And... Yeah, we just like jumped right in. People are like, whoa, this is. Wait a yeah. second. What's happening yeah, here? Yeah, so. You know. Um. Okay, so, uh, you know, I'm really excited about today because of the surprise from last week. We kind of did a Christmassy kind of word for 2023 last week. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when you were running things by, so you're like, hey, these are just some things that I was looking at um you know god's been speaking to me and one of them that caught my eye and was like that one was about prophecy like how you know what is it uh what is it good for um how do you know a a true prophet from a false prophet so it's going to be a really meaty episode and i always like to go back to this topic intermittently because we get a lot of people who have no gauge for any of this stuff and have started watching. Maybe it's because they know me or whatever, but it's going to be a really, really good episode about a very informative, something that you can grab, especially as we enter into 2023. This is when people start at the end of 20, the, the previous year and the beginning of the new year, people release a lot of uh, new prophetic words about what God is going to be speaking. So this is going to help sharpen people's discernment, um, you know, all that good stuff. So. We're going to go right into it, but I'm going to ask you right out of the gate, what is prophecy and what is it good for, Krista? So prophecy is a fancy Bible word for God's voice Mm -hmm. and him speaking to humanity and, you know, them, them releasing his word to a people group. So it's, it's really just got a word for communication with God. Um, or I should say, really, because there is such thing as like false prophecy, communication with the spirit realm. So that's just an easy definition. But um, what is it good for? And and why is prophecy super important, uh, especially this side of 
the covenant that we're in, right? Because there was Old Testament prophecy and now we're in New Testament prophecy, but it's really to share God's heart, his will, his perfect intentions for not just the the world, or but for an individual. And um, so I believe that it's, it's actually sharing God's heart. Um, the spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. So how does Jesus feel about us? What does Jesus say about us? And that is really, he, he calls, how do I say this? Because oftentimes when we prophesy God's perfect will, we're not prophesying the current condition of an individual. We're calling out the treasure and the potential that God has placed in that individual yeah. and, and pulling that forward. So mm-hmm. there are also a couple different types of prophecy. There are, there's like foretelling and foretelling. So, um, and there's also like, so there's prophecy that it will, it speaks to you in the moment and begins a process in the individual for them to become what God has always destined for them to be. So them in their true nature. And then there's prophecy that speaks into future events. So God will show us things that are coming in the future so that we can prepare or so that we are, um, you know, kind of following him. I believe personally for myself personally, that prophetic words for me are like a life map or Mm -hmm. they are, um, they're an encouragement. They, they give comfort, um, and they build up the body of Christ. That's Mm -hmm. because that's God's character and nature. He is love. Right. So if it's not speaking to me about, you know, my identity and how he sees me, um, and how he loves me or how he's loving on the person in front of me, then he's giving me some sight into the future about how I can prepare and walk in his perfect will. Sure. And then also too, God can give a prophetic word and say, it's a, say it's over like a, an Ebenezer Scrooge type person. And like someone gives a prophetic word and they're like, God actually said that they're going to be known for their love and that their people are going to flock to them for comfort and peace and all these things. And you look at that. And if your response prophecy should our, our reaction, talk about this all the time. Our reaction should be faith. Yes. I'm going to partner my faith with that Lord. May it be so in Jesus name and continue to pray into that. Uh, maybe even ask God what your role in that is. If you have a role in it, but the, the appropriate response should be a deposit of faith into it. The electricity, right? Like, boom, we're going to spark that into life. Um, instead of going completely in the physical and going, I don't believe that because that person is horrible. You know, uh, that's not a good reaction to a prophetic word, right, Krista? No. Looking at somebody and going, I'm going to be a doubting Thomas and I'm going to say nay. Yeah, I've actually, I've been really challenged um, just in my journey with the Lord and, mm. you know, 
operating in the prophetic. Like when I figured out that I could experience God's voice, I literally would prophesy over anything that was a captive audience. <laughs> um, I mean, if it was my dog or it was, yeah. you know, the kids or it was yeah. a waitress or it was the lady at, you know, checking me out at the garage. I mean, like mm-hmm. I would love to just listen to how God loves them. You know, everything, all the gifts are to function through the conduit, which is love because God is love. And, you know, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We are the inheritance that he set aside for himself. And so even when we were terrible, wretched sinners, like he saw something good and valuable in us. And so that is going to be the, the heart um, and the spirit behind everything that he speaks. And what's really interesting is that when you, re- when, when you're giving somebody a prophetic word, even if they are, you know, in sin, right. Or they are in their fallen nature, a terrible person <laughs> through the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus reckons them righteous yeah. and he shed his blood for all of us. Mm-hmm. And so it's whether or not we choose to receive it. Now, you don't have to tell a terrible person that they're a terrible person. They know that they are. So when a true prophetic word speaks into that individual's life, it's going to convict them of every area in their life that is not in alignment with who God says they are, Mm -hmm. right? And it's that kind of crazy love that is unmerited, undeserved, you know what I mean? that actually calls people into relationship with God and calls people out of the the sin and unrighteousness that they're in and calls them into closer connection with the Lord and with who he made them to be. Yeah. You know, we see that it happened with, um, you know, King Saul, he was anointed and um, he was went out on the road naked (laughs) or he met with, um, the prophets on the road. And it says that he stripped down naked and he began to prophesy. <laughs> right now, this is a crazy story. Like yeah. in the Bible, you guys know, taking my pants off. You know what that means? Like, and, you know, well, one, because you're naked, you know, amongst the prophets, like you can't hide anything right? Yeah. Um, amongst the prophets. And that's not a bad thing because we were all naked in the garden of Eden. Mm-hmm. So when, when the spirit of prophecy or when Jesus is upon somebody to, to speak a prophetic word, your um, insecurities, your flaws, all of those things, they are eclipsed in the glory and in the goodness of mm. God and yeah. they're, and you're safe there. Yeah. And, um, his goodness is what brings us to repentance. And so I, I think that that's a very interesting story because then, and then what happened was like when he had nothing to hide, um, even though he was insecure and we see he didn't really end well, you know, um, he became another man is what the scripture says. And he began to prophesy too. And so that when the spirit of God comes, comes on you or, or speaks to you prophetically, you become another person and it's the person that God always intended for you to be in your original form as if sin never entered your life, because that's how he sees us through the, through the covenant. Mm. So, and that's, 
I think personally for me, um, New Testament prophetic ministry has been, I mean, I wouldn't be the person that I am today if it wasn't for experiencing God's love for me, you know, and, and, and it belongs to all of us. It's not just set aside for, you know, fivefold ministry office prophets. Um, They have, yes, they operate in prophecy, but it's a, it's an office. It's a different responsibility. It's a different, you know, but all of us can operate in personal prophetic ministry because God is communal. He's relational. And how can you have a relationship with somebody that you can't communicate with? Right. You know, Jesus said, my sheep will hear my voice. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's our inheritance as believers in Jesus Christ is that we will be able to experience his communication. Mm. And, um, you know, I didn't have people, I didn't have prophets call me out you know, and, and speak words over me. I had a personal relationship with the Lord where every day I was going into his presence and I was saying, you know, God, how do you see me? Dad, how do you see me? How do you love me? Who do you say that I am? Because I hated myself. Um, what I knew about myself, I didn't like. And, um, I actually had, uh, I was diagnosed with borderline personality disorder yeah, that's crazy. And I know, right? And I'm totally I didn't mean that as like you were crazy. I, I was just like yeah. No, it's crazy. It's totally <laughs> just crazy. Just in case anybody is like No. Yeah. No. It's when I think about it now and like I literally have no symptoms of that at all. Yeah, come on. Um but one of the key um like markers for that diagnosis is a total instability in identity. Like you have mm. no idea who you are. Yeah. Um, and sense. so you chameleon, right? And so God literally, and I didn't realize what he was doing, but he was literally healing me from borderline personality disorder as I would go and be with him every day. And he would speak to me about who he said I was. Hmm. And um, I was just doing it before I got on the broadcast. <laughs> and he always shows me something new every single time. Like um, before the broadcast, he showed me. Um, these little like purple white flowers. And I was like, what are they? And I heard him say freesia. And so I went and I looked up freesia and they are, they were first known as Lily of the Valley. Oh, interesting. I know. And then they are symbolic for friendship, um, fidelity, commitment, and faithfulness. And so I was like, getting wrecked like oh jesus you say i'm your friend like it doesn't matter how long you've known him or you know how long he's been your best friend like to hear him say that again like you're my friend you know it's it just wrecks you every time and Mm -hmm. all of us have that ability and Mm -hmm. so i tell people all the time like you know especially because people recognize me as a prophet you know I'll go out and minister to people and I want to get my hands on everybody. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, my, you've seen David drag me out of meetings. Yeah. You know? <laughs> I was just thinking about that the other day, chuckling about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's, he has, Yeah, you know, and um, it's just because my heart is going after the one in the back that, that needs an encounter with God. And, um, you know, the Lord is, he's 
told me like, Krista, you can't bring a God encounter to everybody. You're going to have to trust me to encounter them. Um, and so I have to release things, but it, so if I don't have anything, or there's been times where the Lord has had me, even in ministry, um, somebody has come up and they've wanted a, a word and the Lord has said, I, I'm not going to give you a word for them because I want to give them a word. And, and I've told them that like the Lord wants to give you a word himself. And so I'm not permitted to give you a word. And, um, you know, you pray that people aren't offended or like in, you know, hurt by that, but it's true. God wants to speak to us as individuals mm-hmm. and, um, he will do that in all sorts of different ways. So, um, actually yeah. we're in my EMM group, we're or my mentoring group right now. We're getting ready to go into a whole section about the prophetic ministry and how to experience God's communication. So, mm. um, I know they're all excited for that. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, absolutely. So let's talk about the difference between, I think because uh, like the difference between an old Testament prophet and a new Testament prophet, because I think where I've seen a lot of people get hung up is they talk about they can, they're all always comparing to an old Testament prophet and um, under the old covenant. And um, they'll compare it to modern day prophets and say, well, this is why I'm not, down with modern day prophets because, and then they'll say, because God did this to people, you know, that prophesied wrong or whatever in the old Testament, yada, yada, yada. And I just don't, I don't want to touch this here now. And then also people, if, if someone gets a word wrong, they're like false prophet, you are going to be damned. You need to repent because you're going to hell if you don't renounce what you said. You get what I'm saying? Like there's a lot. I mean, so let's talk about that. Like the difference between an old, old Testament prophet versus a new Testament prophet. In what ways was it different in the old Testament versus the new Testament? All that good stuff. Yeah. So you've got to, you got to recognize that in the old Testament, like there was no, like the Holy spirit hadn't came. Right. So, the Holy Spirit would come upon a person Mm -hmm. for a particular task in the Old Testament. There was no infilling of the Holy Spirit. And so when we look at the Old Testament prophecy and prophets, you, you have to understand that those prophets had the Spirit of God come on them to release a particular message it wasn't the same as the Holy Spirit indwelling them um, and then speaking to them from the inside from an entirely new covenant mm-hmm. that is a better covenant <laughs> than mm-hmm. that covenant that was based on the law and on the blood of animals, mm-hmm. right? And so because there was no infilling of the Holy Spirit, you also have to recognize, you know, a lot of times, what were those prophets talking about, right? Right. Oftentimes they were coming to talk about the sin of a nation, right? And their main message was that of repentance, right? Now you have to know that it was hundreds of years that 
these prophets were receiving these messages. And so they would get more and more intense as the people became more and more rebellious, right? Or lawless and fell away from, from Yahweh and were worshiping foreign gods. And so the words were that, hey, if you don't stop doing this, then this, you're going to reap what you have sown, right? Mm -hmm. um, but even in the midst of all of that in a, you know, uh, a inferior covenant, there was always a redemption. There was always a way of escape. There was always mm -hmm. a, but Yahweh would say, although you have been an adulterous generation, you've been, you know, you, and you've fallen away from me, you've sinned, you've forgotten your, your maker and, and, you know, me, or because you've chosen, you know, this person or this King for yourself or this, that, or the other, he would say, even though you've done that, I am, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to redeem you. I'm going to bring you mm -hmm. back to me. Um, I'm going to put, he literally said, he said, I will put my word inside of your heart. He said, I'll give you a new heart, right? Like, and that was, so all the prophets, if you, if you really listen to the old Testament prophecy, it, yeah, it was about judgment that was getting ready to happen because of the sin of the nation, but then they would always prophesy about Jesus. That's yep. why Jesus was the fulfillment of the, of the prophecies, mm -hmm. right? Um, and then now we get to live in this New Testament covenant where that the prophecies of Jesus have been fulfilled. And now we have a better, a, a better standing through the blood of Jesus and mm -hmm. where, where God chooses to remember our sin no more, which mm -hmm. is crazy. Yeah. Right. So yeah. we still, this, even this side, we still have to deal with the consequences of our sin um, which is enough, but we're, we're not punished by God for it because Christ took the punishment yeah. and, and that's yeah. what makes the gospel so scandalous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and the, it even says that the veil to the Holy of Holies was torn, right? Mm -hmm. And it says in scripture now in the new Testament, we can approach the throne boldly. And what's amazing for those who don't know, or need a reminder is that in the old covenant, there was a day of atonement where the priest would atone for all the sins of all the people, including his own. And now you can get atonement for your sins literally right now. Like you don't have to wait for a day. You don't have to go through a priest. You can go directly to Jesus himself who paid the price. That's amazing. Like, can you imagine the guilt of having to sit with your sin for an entire year? And you can, you can get the slate cleaned now, like right now, which is amazing. Such a gift. It is. And it's one that like, you know, I think it's important for us believers who have been around for a while to remember, like, you mm -hmm. know, remember where you came from. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like I, I see, um, new believers, for example, they're just, they're on fire. They're totally a mess. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like they've still got messy lives, but they're yeah. so in love with Jesus. They're so excited. And then, you know, you see people who've been around a while and it's almost like they're, they just don't act like that. And then the new believer is like, why aren't you so excited? You know? And it's like, well, a lot of us, you know, we've just, sometimes we just forget, or we haven't been diligent to 
to remember the pit that we came from. And yeah. so that's something, especially in the fall, um, that's it, this time of year is the time of year that I really meditate on where God brought me from. Mm. Um, because, oh my God, I was so miserable. I was just so miserable. Um, and I'm so grateful that he saved me. Mm. So you guys, if you're not feeling excited about Jesus, you need to remember the pit he brought you from. Yeah. You know, absolutely. So absolutely. now with the New Testament, it's interesting because that was um, New Testament prophecy, because in Joel, it was prophesied. He said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And, you know, even your maidservants will prophesy. And it's interesting because he said, I will pour my spirit out on all flesh. He didn't say just on Christians. Yep. Yeah. Or Jews at the time, you know, yeah. like when it was. Yeah, because that was the audience. But, yeah. you know, he but no, he said all flesh. And mm -hmm. so I have people, you know, I have. Where do you want me to go with this, Lord? <laughs> <laughs> I, I've had people that are not Christians literally catch the spirit of prophecy and start prophesying. Um, because God mm -hmm. desires for us to hear him talk. He mm -hmm. wants us to know what he thinks about us. He wants to have a relationship with us. And, um, it's, it's those communications that are profound that will lead people into relationship with God. And so, and this is why too, I believe that because his spirit is omnipresent, you know, the heavens are open, the it, it, he's come, like there is no closed heaven, that this is why even, you know, like Marvel movies can, can prophesy, mm -hmm. right? Like, mm -hmm. um, this is why people that are writing books, or this is why trends in culture, you know, like this whole year, I don't know if you've noticed it, but like, it was right around the time that I God had me color my hair rainbow. Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Um, all of a sudden, the rainbow is everywhere. It's everywhere. Like it had never been before. Mm -hmm. And I'm asking God, why in the world is that? And he's like, because they are all experiencing my communication, which is I am in this season, I am reestablishing my covenant promises for the earth. And even if people are not using it in a holy way, it does not change what God is saying. Right. Mm -hmm. And so literally like even some groups that use that as a banner for a false identity, they don't realize that really what God is saying over them is that my banner over you is love, mm. you yeah. know? Um, so he can talk to whoever he wants to. He Very literally true. talked through a donkey. Yeah. You know, um, a donkey saved one of the prophet's life and, you know, from, almost being decapitated in the old Testament because he had false intentions to curse people that God had blessed, mm -hmm. you know? So, mm -hmm. and a donkey was the one who saved him. Yeah. So. Yeah. Well, and I think too, um, I, I think 
maybe some of it is because of the it's the avenue that I feel most called to same with Lauren but like I just have eyes to see what I guess like the climate of like what God is is speaking even through non-Christians where it's like yeah maybe like two-thirds of their thing wasn't God-breathed but there's this one-third that is so in line with what God is speaking right now and they don't even realize they're doing it and that's what I love because someone could sit there and say screw God he's fake all these things it can be a full-blown atheist and have made it their life's goal to disprove that God exists and he could still use them to speak and it's just like you can't escape this. Like you can't, even if you try, you can't escape God. You can try and run. People have made a life. Their life's work has been to run away from God and it's futile. Mm -hmm. So God is speaking and he's speaking through a lot of means that we, like I see games all the time, man, where I'm like, dude, they don't even know what they're saying right now. Oh my gosh. Tell me about it. Like I remember being a kid um, or a teenager, my favorite video game was kingdom hearts. Yeah. And the whole thing was about a kid named Sora that's running around with a sword. That is a key. It's a Mm -hmm. key blade. The giant key. Yeah. And he's fighting the darkness Mm -hmm. and he's going to different realms of kingdoms and he's, setting people free or he's binding he's shutting locking doors to the darkness and he's opening up kingdom realms and i'm like totally prophesied about what my life is mm-hmm. you know what i mean and i was a lost atheist well actually i was practicing pagan teenager you know what i mean and then i look at what i'm doing now and i'm like this is so wild, you know, Mm -hmm. that even that I was attracted to that game, you know, or God, God speaks through all. I mean, he's even spoke to me through rated R movies. Mm -hmm. Um, And I'm like, you know, now I don't suggest that people watch those movies, but there are themes that I've captured in those movies. And it's all like, even if you look at the way that an author writes a script or writes a book, they they have um it's called the the hero's call um and it's an invitation into an adventure if you look at that and it's what every single person uses for any like fiction novel or for writing a a, a good movie it literally is there's always the gospel in the midst of it it's wild yeah. um and it's because god is constantly declaring the good news and inviting people into relationship. And he's wanting us to see him everywhere he is. You know, the, the Bible says that, um, on the last day that there will be no excuse for those who reject the existence of God, because everything in the created order reveals the hidden nature and attributes of God. Hmm. Right. And so he's everywhere. He's speaking everywhere hmm. and people just don't realize it. Yeah. You know, what's crazy going back to kingdom hearts. I was just like realizing this, that there's more to it than just you have a key and you're unlocking things and you're fighting back the darkness. 
the other thing about Kingdom Hearts is it's this one world merging with the world of Disney and that darkness has infiltrated into the world of Disney. Wow. And that's very much what we're seeing right now. And there's a lot of, a lot that I cannot condone with what Disney is doing right now. I think there's no real need to explain it. Everybody knows, everybody agrees. Um, mm -hmm. But um, my wife and I have talked about, I think in this wave of seeing reformation start to take root, you know, things are getting exposed. People are realizing, even if they're not Christians, yeah, I'm not cool with this. Things, some things need to change. But I think that we can have this tendency to throw the baby out with the bathwater with everything. And I do believe that God loves the origin purpose of Disney, which was its target was children. And it was, and so uh, Lauren and I are very outspoken, you know, with people we talk to about how we believe that Disney, I believe that Disney, God desires to repurpose Disney back to its original, or if it's, if it's, if it's um, purpose was rotten from the beginning that he wants to redirect that towards something, you know, that glorifies him. And, um, and so let that be a prophecy right there. Yes. Um, you know, Lauren and I've put a lot of prayer into, into that topic. Um, so yeah. Um, but I think that's crazy that, you know, that's, that was like the premise of kingdom hearts. I just totally didn't even think about it until you were talking about it. And I was like, yeah. And then like right now we're seeing a lot of like darkness infiltrate into a lot of this. They really do. And that's, you know, I love that you brought that up too, because I think that Christians, that is something that we really need to stop. Um, we do have this tendency of like, oh, you see evil, you throw the baby out with the bathwater. But, you know, it's really interesting. Like the enemy for years, he's so patient and he's so cunning that he infiltrated Disney, you know, and was able to get to a place where all of a sudden there's all of this evil that's being released you know, through the company. Right. Mm -hmm. But that was not what God's intention for Disney was. And I'm going to be honest with you guys, like there's evil everywhere. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like we don't, most of us do not uh, do background researches on, you know, the paper cups that we get from Costco or, from the clothes that we wear or from, you know, like just the everyday items that like we purchase or we allow in our household. We don't think about any of that stuff. You know what I mean? But then when it's like one thing that makes us really mad, like we'll completely just throw it away. And, but that was not God's original, that evil is everywhere. We're, we're called to be the light and we're called to conquer the darkness. And mm -hmm. so um, I believe that Disney and God's original intent was for it to be a, a, a company that teaches wholesome family values, mm -hmm. um, using awe and wonder to, to captivate an audience of, of children. And it's been totally, um, you know, hijacked and we yep. need to be praying for, those kind of companies, because can you just imagine, this is where my mind always goes, is that in, in these, these corporations or whatever, 
like they could do so much good and impact the world um, with the gospel. They could impact the world with, you know, good, wholesome, um, you know, products, you know what I mean? Like, and content. And so I'm always thinking about what, what kind of potential can God use or, you know, is there in the kingdom and the redeemed nature rather than hyper-focusing on what is evil? Because mm -hmm. I believe that what is, that God is way more powerful than anything evil, mm -hmm. you know, and that doesn't mean that you condone the evil that you see, right. you know, but it does mean that you, you ask God, how can I prophesy? How can I speak your will? That might not be the current situation, but speak those things that are not as though they are. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, in Disney, that's, you know, that's another topic, but even doing it in the lives of individuals, like, I wonder how many Christians are out there, um, casting judgment on, you know, the CEOs and the leaders and stuff in the Disney corporation right now, when really what they should be doing is finding out those people's names and they should be praying and prophesying over mm -hmm. them, you know? Yeah. yeah. That's, that's huge. You know? Um, and I think too, just going back to Disney really quick, I, I, I want to clarify something too. Disney's seen, Disney has fallen under hard times and it's not over. So I want to say that, make that abundantly clear. They fired their previous CEO who was pushing a lot of this stuff. And, uh, they brought in their old CEO, Bob Iger in hopes that they could turn some of this around. It's not. I think that they're going to still fall under hard times. And also that's not to discourage. Do I think that Christians need to just start making stuff? Yes, because far too long for far too long, we have relied for far too long on the, the world making stuff and allowing that to form our imaginations. When God, we know God, the author of creativity, we are the embodiment of his creative expression. Mm -hmm. So, that alone should spark a fire in you to go, yes, Jeff, you're right. I hear you. I do know God and he is creative. And all of those people are made in his image as well, even if they're not walking with God. But they're like, why should we constantly be doing something that's like the Diet Coke version of what the world is creating? Like it should, this should not be. So for me, I'm looking at this and going, Disney will turn around. Disney will be repurposed to create wholesome children, like putting the children first instead of going, hey, you know what we should do? This thing that was for kids. You know, a lot of kids grew up with it. They're adults now. We should make like a really dark version of this and leave the kids in the dust so that we can still like it. You know, it's like, no, no. And I'm like very passionate about this. Um, that's why I hate rated R superhero movies. Um, yeah. but um I, uh, yeah, going back to what I was saying though, we need to look at avenues that we're supposed to pursue. And if that's creating a children's entertainment company, great, do it and do it with excellence. Mm -hmm. Like don't allow, oh man, I'm feeling so fired up. Don't allow your desire to get the message out to Trump the creative expression so you go no what matters is the message i don't care that it looks like garbage i'm like congratulations you just fell in line with 
like Christian arts and entertainment for the last couple of decades. Mm. Congratulations. Like, like we can't, we, we have to strive for excellence. Like people respond to visual images. How many times do you look at something and you go, Whoa, what is that movie, bro? That looks dope. I want to see it. Yes. The, you're, the, the, the sound could even be off and you're like, Whoa, that's awesome. Like we respond to visual things. Like, the first thing I noticed about my wife was how pretty she was. Okay, there I said it. You know, like she is um, smoking. Yeah, but she's, she's beautiful. Also amazing. Um, yeah, she is both inside now, and but, out. You know, so I'm just talking like how we see food. Whoa, that looks so tasty. I want that. You know, um, we, we do the same things with arts and entertainment. So I'm just I'm very passionate about this. That like we have to strive for excellence, and so. Yeah, that can be leaving Disney in the dust and them going, whoa, what's happening over here? Like people are really responding to this. I think that's also what's going to happen mm-hmm. is a lot of conservatives are saying, you know what? Forget this. I'm so sick of it. We're just going to do it ourselves. Awesome. Do it. Do it and do it to the like, give it everything you got. You know, like that's yeah. OK, I'm I'm done. Yeah, no. And I believe that God is going to be raising up those people, too. Like, I think that um, that was that was one of the things that the Lord told me. Um, I actually know a lady in California who God has given her a vision to create content like this. And um, I'm not going to share too much on that because I don't want to, I don't want to give any of her stuff away. But I believe that God is bringing coalitions of creativity Mm -hmm. together in this hour to be an answer to those things. And I think that everything that has been exposed this last year has really challenged the body of Christ and has put a fire under us to be like, Hey, you know what? Like we need to start occupying these areas of cultural influence. And, um, and so I'm pretty excited about it. I think that within like the next five years, we're going to see more things come out and just like with the chosen, you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? Chosen is really for entertainment. It's not you know, line for line gospel. Yeah. It's not right? like right. or canon scripture. Yeah. But it's done excellent. Right. Mm-hmm. And I really believe that even angel studios is they were raised up to be able to, to host a lot of this amazing content that mm-hmm. is going to come forward Yeah, and um, that we're going to use crowdfunding for it. And man, I would, yeah, I'll get, I have words about the the entertainment mountain and I'm like, and I see it and I see you um, on that, Jeff. Mm -hmm. So I don't know when that day is going to come, but I'm really excited about stuff that I'm going to, going to see you do someday. I've literally seen it in the spirit Mm -hmm. and um, it's going to be very powerful and impactful for generations, Mm -hmm. like generations. Um, So that's me prophesying over Jeff. Yeah. So again, she prophesied over me. Okay. And a lot of times you'll recognize that there can sometimes be a mixture, right? You can feel something in your spirit. It just like connects like, and you're just like, Oh man, this sounds. And sometimes the enemy can come in and say, it's too good to be true. It's too good to be true. You might as well just not even believe in it. And so then you just cast it on the wayside because you're like, it's too good to be true. I am choosing to partner with my faith because that confirms Many words that God has spoken to me through other people, through his word, through my own quiet times with the Lord. Um, so it, it, the appropriate response to that, like I talked about earlier, is faith is saying, yes, Lord, like I'm, I'm, 
I'm going to believe in that because I know that you desire these things. Mm-hmm. He desires for him, him to be glorified in the arts and entertainment industry, in the, the, the food industry, in the government, in education, in family, like absolutely. So there we go. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. All right. I'm sorry. I was like going into a vision for you. Um, yeah, you're going to do some really cool things, Jeff. Mm. Um, woo. I don't know if I should release that right now or if you I tell should me afterwards. Private. Yeah. I think yeah. I should do that in private. Um, yeah, I, but I, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I will say God is really like both with Lauren and myself in the past couple of weeks really sparked like some really just like exciting things like just we've been praying and and talking about different things that God is you know we really feel like our God breathed pursuits in the creative sphere um arts and entertainment sphere so um very exciting well I'm gonna promote the snot out of whatever you do so um (laughs) he's like okay uh but no I love that you shared that that like when you get a prophetic word that there is a confirmation like Mm -hmm. that your spirit bears witness with Mm -hmm. that word right um because that it should um it it resonates with us with the things that we're holding within our hearts and it's like prophecy when it's forth telling so like when we're we're calling things or we're speaking things that are not but are in the future they they actually reveal um the what God has placed in the heart of man. Right. Right. And and so, and sometimes there are things that like you didn't even know was in there, but then all of a sudden that, that prophetic utterance, right. Comes Mm -hmm. and it's like, Oh, that's what has been in there my whole life. You know what I mean? Right. And and it captures you and then it increases your faith. It makes you feel like you're known. It makes you feel like you're loved right? Um, like you're seen by God and it calls you into that destiny, right? That God had mm-hmm. planned for you. Cause the Bible says that he knows the plans that he has for you plans for hope and for a future and success in your final outcome. That's Jeremiah 29, 11. And, you know, so like he knows, um, he's predestined us for, to do good works that he has called us for. And so there are times when you'll receive a prophetic word and it's actually revealing to us the things that God has planned for us. Yeah. Um, like I remember David got a prophetic, one of his first prophetic words was about being an entrepreneur. And the moment that he received it, he was like, yeah, I don't believe that. Cause he had no desire yeah. to be an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. So here's another thing about prophecy. Um, is that sometimes I think that we don't even realize that a prophecy, what exactly the interpretation of a prophecy is until it's already came to pass. Hmm. Um, I have discovered this in my own life. And yeah, there's like layers of an onion too, sometimes. Yeah, man. Yeah. And that's like, so the, the difference between, so everybody can prophesy. I've said that now, a, let, let me go into like the true fault. Uh, true prophet and a false prophet well really quick before you go because i want to because i got this i have this scripture on my monitor everybody and if you are really wanting to take take a stand and hold to 
prophecies that have been given to you, prophecies that you're partnering in faith with. Isaiah 55, 11 is amazing. And I have it on my monitor. So verse 10 talks about how as rain falls and it waters the earth, causing it to flourish, right? Anytime we see rain, we look at the rain and we go, yeah, I know exactly what that's doing. Like we don't have to say, ooh, I hope that the plants grow with the water. Like we know, we know it's going to happen. It's an inevitability. Um, it says, so is my word that comes out of my mouth. It will not return empty, but will accomplish what I desire and, ach and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. So it's Isaiah 55, 11. If any of you guys need some encouragement and you need to constantly remind yourself, write it on a post-it note, post note, put it on your monitor, on your mirror or whatever. So, okay. Yes. So good. And I do believe that we are, we're really in a season of dreams, like prophetic dreams coming true. Yeah. I'm telling you. And yes, yes like we really are. Like even now I'm seeing things come to pass that God told me about, you know, 10, 11 years ago, and they're just now coming to pass. And God has had to remind me of these things. And I won't even realize that like, it was his word coming to pass until I'm in the moment. And he'll be like, Hey, Krista, I kept my promise. <laughs> and then I'm like, Oh, you know, like you're doing this. Like, and I didn't do anything. I just stayed close to you. Like that was it. And like, he brings it to pass. And so it's just trusting him moment by moment, day by day, and then listening to what he says. That's enough. So yeah. this is guys, this is, this is your thing right here. When it comes to who is a true prophet and who is a false prophet or can the pro a prophet, a real prophet miss it? Or can you, even if you're not a fivefold office prophet, hear from the Lord and, and miss it? Yes, you can. You can be true and, you know, miss it because of interpretation. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now the difference between a true prophet and a false prophet, I had the Lord tell me one time, Krista, he said, Krista, accuracy does not prove legitimacy. Interesting. Okay. And I said, Oh, really? And he said, familiar spirits can be very accurate. Mm, yeah, that's a good point. But that doesn't make them legitimate. Right. And, you know, I got hit by the, by the fear of the Lord when he said that. And I'm like, well, Lord, then how do we know? And he said, fruit. He said, you will know them by their fruit. And so how do we recognize a false prophet? There are a few different ways, but one of the big ways is the fruit of their character and their ministry. You know, do they, do they have the fruit of the Holy Spirit, which is the character of Jesus operating in their lives, love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, gentleness, kindness, and self-control. If they don't have that, then I'd be concerned. Now there will be some places where all you know, maturing, right? We're in a much yeah, maybe strong in other areas of that than others, right? You know, but overall, yeah. that that is that is the foundation that yeah. we use to test the prophets, test the spirits. Now another one is um, the motivation, the heart motivation, and why they are prophesying. Are they prophesying because? 
um, they're trying to garner attention? Are they prophesying to build their platform? Um, are they prophesying to um, be able to take advantage of people or to line their pockets? Mm-hmm. So you can always tell um you'll feel it. You can just feel it in the pit of your stomach. You know, I always tell people, listen to your gut that the Holy spirit lives there and he talks. That's the spirit that's discernment. And every time that I have not listened to that, I have regretted it. Um, and you just feel it. And sometimes you try to explain why you feel the way that you feel Um, and you can't, um, always put a finger on it, but you just got to trust and go with it. Don't condemn the person, but just say, maybe that's not a a relationship that I should have right now, Mm -hmm. you know, um, and then bless them and pray for them. But so the motivation for their prophecy, like if, is there manipulation, right? Is there fear? Like our fear tactics being used, that is a huge, huge, huge um, red flag for me. Like, are you trying to make me afraid that if I don't listen to this, that God is going to punish me or that if I'm not attached to you and to your ministry, that somehow I'm going to be displeasing God or I'm going to miss my purpose or my destiny. Um, Another way that you know is do they point you to Jesus or do they point you to themselves? Mm -hmm right? Like they should always, I tell, I tell people all the time, all I've got is the pointing anointing. I know that I'm charismatic and I, you know, I love people and people love me, but I am not Jesus. And, and I am not the reason for your breakthrough. I loved you because I was being obedient to what Jesus asked me to do, to be an expression of his love to you, but I'm not your savior, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I am nothing good apart from him. Like he has made me good and it's, it's his love for me that has made me want to love. And so you have to be very careful. Are people pointing you or the, these prophets, these prophetic voices pointing you to them or are they pointing you to him? Right. And so that's a huge one. Another one is, um, do they think that they have, or do they proclaim to have the corner market on what God is saying? Mm. Okay. Like, and, and some of this can be like immaturity too. Like when, when I first started operating in the prophetic and I knew I was comfortable flowing in it, people would come to me and desire prayer. They desire a prophetic word. And I would feel like an obligation to prophesy. Right. Uh And then the Lord began to speak to me about that. And he said, honey, you know, you, you cannot be that for them. Only I can be that for them. And he started really inspiring me to start teaching others how to hear God's voice for themselves. And so, um, some of it can just be immaturity. Um, but if it's not because of immaturity and it's because they're saying like, no, God didn't tell you that. Right. Or no, cause he told me something completely different. Or when you try to bring up something in the Bible that maybe contradicts something that they prophesied, 
they get defensive and angry and then shut you down and say, well, whatever, because, you know, I know what God told me. Yeah. That's lawlessness. Mm -hmm. Jesus said that, um, he said that many would come to him and say, Lord, Lord, didn't we cast out demons in your name? Didn't we do great signs and wonders in your name? And he would say, get away from me, you workers of lawlessness or iniquity, for I never knew you. I didn't know you intimately. And then subsequently down in that the next few verses, he, he discusses that the ones who are lawless are the ones that do not obey him when he speaks. So the false prophets are ones who might be moving in power, but are not obeying the voice of the Lord to move into purity mm. um, or following his voice, right? They're, they're like, they're, they're absolute renegades. They're not, um, they're, they're rebellious. And oftentimes they uh, do not want to be in submission to any kind of leadership. So you won't know who their leadership is because they won't be in submission to authority um, because they don't want authority. They don't want boundaries, right? They want to be able to do whatever they want to do. And um, they everything is to benefit them hmm. rather than benefit the body. And so uh, then and a couple others that are false would be because of the spirit. What prophecy, what spirit are they prophesying from? Right. Because right. help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. You know, uh, if they're a medium or they read tarot cards, or they're psychics, or fortune tellers, like all of those things, all of those ways that people might be getting information from the spirit realm, those are all not the spirit of God. Right. And so even if they're accurate, or even if, you know, um, they might witness they're not coming from the spirit that is truth. And so there is always going to be, and this is what I tell people, if you are reading a horoscope or you're allowing people to read your palms or you're, you know, having, going to a fortune teller, a psychic, a medium, um, one, mediums are not talking to your dead family members, okay? Because mm -hmm. your family members are either in heaven or they're in hell. Mm -hmm. So they're not, they're not bringing up your family members, honey. They're bringing up familiar spirits that were assigned to your family member and to your life. And so they're actually witnessing to you through the voice of a demon that was assigned to take your loved one out. Mm -hmm. That's, that's creepy. Yeah. Okay? Um, two, that any spirit that is not the Holy Spirit um, where you're trying to get your information from there's always going to be a hidden motivation and that is going to be your destruction because the thief comes to kill, steal and destroy. Jesus came to give us life and life abundantly. And so any other spirit and, you know, it even says Jesus said that there would be false prophets and, and false shepherds that would come 
that would be speaking another gospel that would say that they received revelation from angels. This is why, this is why, and I, you know, Mormonism, okay. The Mormon church is, there has been an added book based on revelation that one man without a witness, one man received from an angel and then added onto the word of God, even though the scripture, our word of God, the, the book ends with in revelation saying let and any man who adds or takes away from this word be accursed that's how the the word of god our canonized bible ends mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden you've got an angel giving revelation to one man and then adding a whole nother book um and supposedly he was a prophet that needs to be examined Okay. Yeah. Uh, because yeah. you can't get away from that. Yeah. No. Okay. So no. is it, is it biblical? That's another thing. How do we know if it's, if it's a true word of prophecy or not? Is it biblical or is it anti-biblical? Right now there's, this is how you test a prophetic word. Okay. To test the legitimacy of a prophetic word is if if it is whether or not it is biblical or it could be extra biblical. Okay. Um, if it is anti-biblical, it's trash. Go ahead and throw it out. Mm-hmm. Like if if somebody, and I've heard of this happening, somebody, you're married, you're married, you're in the church, you're married, you believe in Jesus, and um, all of a sudden somebody comes to you and says, You're supposed to divorce your spouse. Dude run away run yeah like run no honey that is not a prophetic word okay if there is like if there is no grounds biblical grounds for divorce and let me just tell you even the biblical grounds for divorce god always wants to redeem his desire is always reconciliation Mm -hmm. i have seen and he god's actually been really challenging me on this, I had a dream recently about God restoring marriages and the restoration of marriages was coming by the spouse who had been sinned against, um, having a higher perspective, having God's perspective about who their spouse really was and having radical mercy towards them. Mm-hmm. Like, because that's who Jesus is. He's radically merciful. He's radically forgiving. And so there's always, always, always room for restoration and redemption if the other party is willing and submitted to that, right? Because there's wills that are involved there. But God's never going to tell you to divorce your spouse and to go get married to your your best friend, okay? Like God's not going to tell you to um, do anything that is outside of his perfect law of love and his commandments. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commandments, right? The commandments show us the ways that we can walk in God's love towards him and towards our fellow man. And so they're not broken. It's, it's you know, Jesus taught us how to walk in that, Um and because he was the fulfillment of the law and the prophets, 
right? So we got to be really careful about, you know, okay, wait a second. That doesn't sound like God's character and nature there. They're directing me into that. Um, and then another way, so, but there are extra biblical prophecies. For example, if somebody, and this is one that is actually true for me personally, they say, I see the scroll of Isaiah 61 over your life, right? Well, extra biblical means that it's, it's not necessarily wrote in scripture. We won't see it directly wrote in scripture, but it still mm -hmm. applies to our life today. Right. Right. So Isaiah 61 was a very specific word for a specific audience in scripture. <laughs> I am not that audience. Right. So in context, it doesn't really apply to me, but as a freshly spoken prophetic word, it, it does mean something to me because that's what God has called me to do. The oil of joy for mourning, garment of praise for heaviness, beauty for ashes, um, healing of the brokenhearted. It's, it's really all about healing people from brokenness, right? And Jesus being on my life and my ministry to move in that capacity. Um, although it is, it wasn't wrote specifically about me. So um, there's lots of stuff in scripture or lots of stuff that we do today as practicing Christians that isn't outlined in scripture that we still do because the principles um, that we use those things for are very important, right? Mm -hmm. Like altar calls that there's, right. no, there's nowhere in the Bible that talks about having an altar call. But we have altar calls to invite people into salvation. <laughs> mm -hmm. And it's so it's still like salvation is biblical, right. but altar calls are extra biblical. Yeah, I think that's a great point. We still practice them. Yeah, right? that's a great point. So I hope that helps people with that. No, I think that's solid. I think that's really solid. And I think too, one thing I want to go back to, um, before we're talking about this, we're talking about this next year being um, a fulfillment of a lot of people's prophetic words that they've been standing on. Um, and I think sometimes you can look at it and be like, well, you know, Jeff and Krista, you guys, you know, you're already doing your thing and you know, you don't know what it's been like. I'm like, do you know how much disappointment and discouragement Krista and I both went through this year? Oh my God. And the fact that we can stand here and speak with, fire in our bellies of, of the faithfulness of God and excitement about what God is going to do. Like really like she and I both know what's happened in each other's lives, you know, this year. Um, and so, and I know that a lot of you have gone through some really tough stuff as well. So I just wanted to point that out um, that there is a degree of authority that I think, you know, like Chris and I can speak into, into this and what God is doing this next year. Um, yeah. So, Yeah. Um, people, you'll always see the anointing. You don't see the crushing, right? Mm -hmm. And this is one of the things, guys, one of the only ways that you will prevent God's word from happening in your life, like coming to fulfillment is if you don't partner with it. So if you have allowed the enemy to so discourage you, 
um, and to defeat you, that you literally give up on following God or stepping out when he invites you to step out, then you're not going to see those things come to pass. And Mm -hmm. I unfortunately know so many people whose, you know, their destinies were stolen. Their prophetic promises were stolen. Like, for example, if you get a prophetic word, say, say, okay, say that you get a prophetic word that um, you're called to open a business. This happened with me. I, I got a prophetic word that I was called to, to open a salon. So I received that word like years before it would ever happen. And then before that word happened, I, I ended up working in a salon and I had to learn how to operate a salon, mm-hmm. right? So then I'm in that place and all of a sudden I get another prophetic word about opening my salon and I had had a vision of it. I had totally forgot about the first prophetic word. Now I could have done one or two things there. I, what I did was I said, okay, God, if, if this is your will for my life in this season, what is the next step? What is the next thing I can do? in my life to partner with this, the will that you have for my life. And he gave me explicit directions and I had to obey those directions. You know, one of the craziest ones was he told me to sew $200 into a ministry that I actually despised. Yeah. Talk about dying to yourself. <laughs> Talk about, and it was sacrifice. And I'm telling you guys, we were poor. We lived in a trailer with holes in the floor. Okay. Like we were dirt poor. Mm. And so $200 was extremely fortune, sacrificial. Yeah. It was, it was a fortune. And, and for me to, I mean, like, I think at the time my tithe was like $15. So to sew that much, I might as well have been sewing 10,000. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, on top of that into a ministry I did not honor. And he told me, I heard him say, he said, if you will, sow, if you will sow $200 into this ministry, I will give you $20,000 to open your business. And I'm like, I'm going to talk about faith, man. Okay. <laughs> oh God, please tell me I'm hearing right. <laughs> right. And I had my husband to answer to, you know, like, so I did it. And I'm not kidding you. It was like not even four months later, he just put a man, a man on my heart um, and told me when I'm trying to open my salon and told me to just email him my business plan and ask him if he could help me. And I, I didn't know anything about this guy personally. You know, I just had went to church with him. So I email him my business plan and I said, hey, you know, would you just... I don't know why, but I just felt like God wanted me to share this with you. Would you be interested in like maybe mentoring me? And he literally emails me back, not even like a half an hour later and says with a a list of all these churches in town that he had literally been trying to work with to open a Christian business in town to reach the college demographic. And he said, it turns out he's like, a a secret millionaire and he finances like kingdom exploits. Like that's what he does. He's given it like, and he lives a super humble life. He said, not only will I mentor you in business, he said, but he said, everything you need 
for this, the ram's horn is in the thicket. Hmm. I had no idea what that man meant by that. Do you know that he, he gifted me $20,000 to open my business? <laughs> Not even like four months after that, you know, and I'm waiting to see a check come in the mail, right? Like my student loan debt was forgiven or whatever. And instead that was how God chose to answer it. But I had to be obedience. Yeah. So that's the important thing, Krista, is I've seen a lot of people in my day that they'll hold on to a prophetic word, but there's this misconception that either if they experience hardship, that they've fallen out of the will of God, uh, or uh, their character is absolute diarrhea, you know, like it's just the worst. And I'm like, I can guarantee you if you don't allow yourself to change and be transformed, you're going to crash and burn. You don't want that. You don't want to be the cause of God's, God's um, uh, destiny over your life to crash and burn. Like you don't want that. Like, mm -hmm. so if there are any areas of our lives that we need to analyze and go, mm, that needs to change. I don't like how that felt instead of going, no, it's their fault. It's their fault. You know, it, look, I, I've been in a lot of situations in my life where sometimes the, the majority fell on another party, but there were still areas of my heart that needed to change. Cause I like, and, and, and anytime that you, we know what it sounds like. Like, we know what that feels like to like analyze something in your life and you go, pride kicks up and you go, nope, nope. It was a hundred percent their fault. All of it was their fault. I don't need to change it all. It's their fault. Look, there are absolutely situations where someone is 100% the victim. I'm not excusing that. I am talking about prophetic words that God gives you. And then you go, okay, give me God money, please. Give me, give me, you know, it took sacrifice on your part, Krista, to go, <laughs> you want me to give what to who, you know, um, and to lay down your pride. There's something that dies inside of you in order to birth something new. And I think that like, that's something that we really need to analyze because you're going to face discomfort as you step out in a prophetic word, even if it's a good thing and like the doors open, it, you're going to be stretched. You're going to be challenged, but where God, where you want to be. And like, you see that prophetic word and you're like, Oh God, that yes. You know, uh, the, the journey that God takes you through from that moment to the fulfillment of that prophetic word is worth it. And I've talked about it a lot. It keeps coming up, but I think there's a reason why the journey from point A to point B it, to me is more important than the actual getting to the place because it's the journey from those two points that even makes you qual like get, get equips you for the thing in the first yes, place. Instead of yes. like, no God, expedite it. You don't want that to happen. No, uh-uh. God, let's no, give it God, in practice. No. Yeah. Let's give it in practical terms. Krista, God said that you are going to be a Michelin star chef. And you're like, all I know how to make is craft macaroni and cheese, <laughs> you know? And so it's like, you, you don't want it. Like we can all look at that scenario and go, Oh, poor girl. No, don't like, like train yourself up, allow yourself to be shaped and molded. Don't go right into that because you're going to do horribly. The same applies to whatever God has called us to do mm -hmm. and, and whatever prophetic words he's spoken over us and that we're holding on to those. 
allow God to transform you and shape you into the person that he desires you to be, to, to excel in that and to glorify him because it is all about him. And if there's any part of you that's a glory hound, get rid of it. Like I, I've lost things because I was a glory hound and I was in denial about it. Like you don't want that, you guys. It's horrible. And you definitely don't want anything that you don't have the character um, or capacity to be able to steward. Right. Um, I, you know, remember my earlier years with the Lord, these big prophetic words that he had given me. I mean, like I came out of ministry school with words like you're going to prophesy to kings and chiefs and presidents like you're going to prop like you're God's going to send you around the nations. Like mm -hmm. God's going to do this with you and do that with you. Like God, I see you being, um, I see, I, I see myself watching you on YouTube someday and you having millions of followers. I like, and like, I see you as like, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. And I had all these massive prophetic words and I was still very immature in, in my walk with the Lord, there was still deep, deep soul wounds and, and things that needed to be healed and, and needed to be worked out of me. And, you know, even with like what I'm doing now, I feel like I am such a baby. Like I am such a baby, even like the last two years since God has really blown up my ministry I can look back at all of that and be like, oh, Papa, you were you were actually taking me on this journey of preparation mm -hmm. for what is getting ready to happen. Mm -hmm. Like all of this was about preparation. It was about, but not just preparation. It was more about my heart being free. It was more about who I am to you so that I could reveal who you are to them, yeah. you know? Um, then it was about all these big things. And now I have prophesied over presidents and over chiefs and over mm -hmm. Kings, you know, um, but, and I have traveled all over the world, but well, not all over the world yet. I've only gone to Israel and to Canada, which is not, yeah, you but you're getting there. I'm getting, getting there. there someday, oh, yeah. Yeah, but you know, it's like, I, I just, I'm like, man. And I look at all of that. And I remember the times when I was begging God and I thought that I missed his word because those things didn't happen like right then. And I see where I'm at now. And I'm like, oh God, thank you so much for protecting me mm -hmm. from what I wanted when I wanted it, you know, because I wasn't ready for it. Mm -hmm. um, I felt like this was something for somebody too. Um, Christian singles. Okay. We get, we'll get prophetic words about, you know, I see God has a spouse for you. Um, one, I am always super skeptical when anybody says, uh, gives me a specific date, prophesize a baby or prophesize a spouse, because mm -hmm. those are things where like, you know, they can be greatly misinterpreted right yeah well it's also it's like of course that someone's desire it's it, not to say that god can't do it right you know but you know and so you and he will and i know like god will give people prophetic words mm -hmm. about getting married yeah i know a couple of people that's happened too but right but then so if it's a legit prophetic word um one there's no names involved specifically like god that is a grace on my life i've prophesied spouses and every time um that i've seen who it was 
the Lord has told me, do not you, don't you dare tell them who it is. Like I will know and I will wait, but I will have complete hands off and I'm just back here watching God do his thing. And I'll prophesy some things that the Lord will allow me to prophesy, but I will not tell you a name. I won't give you a date. Well, and also, says no, because it turns yeah. into manipulation. Well, and, and also, the person might act different. I'm reminded of a, <laughs> I'm reminded from a scene from the show The Office. For those who've seen it, where Michael Scott, they're trying to set him up with this girl, and it's going really well, and he's making her laugh, and then he finds out it's a date, and he goes, "Oh, why didn't you tell me?" And then he completely changes his persona <laughs> and totally torches any possibility of future with this girl. So it, it's a bit like that. <laughs> It is. Yeah. It can totally like ruin it. Yeah, it does. It will ruin it. And, um, you know, and then people might not be prepared in that moment to hear that. Um, and so you have to allow people to have their own journey and process with the Lord. Yeah. Um, and then with babies, like, you know, that for me, I've had people prophesy babies over me and number one, it's like, okay. Um, Sure. I mean, I would love another child, but is that really within God's will for me? And then the other thing is, is that oftentimes they're not really prophesying an actual baby. Mm. They're prophesying either ministry or they're prophesying a movement or they're prophesying a people group, right? Like I had a, a recent friend of mine now I'm mature enough to receive that, but I had a friend of mine reach out to me and say, Oh my gosh, Krista, I had a dream that I came to you and you were getting an ultrasound and you were pregnant. And um, she said, in the dream, I saw the baby and you were a few months along and it was holding a match stick in its hand. And I was like, okay, that's cool. You know, like, I wonder what that means. And then like, not even a week later, um, I find myself in a conversation where we're starting our, uh, EMM regional meetings and we're calling them lit fellowship and God yeah. gave me the symbol of the match. And so it's about a new thing that God's getting mm. ready to birth. But if I was a woman who was struggling with infertility, um, you'd interpret it literally. Yeah. And that may or may not have been, you know what I mean? And so yeah you got to be really clear with things like that. Yeah. And if anybody is curious about that interpreting dreams, Oh, you're welcome. We did a teaching series on that with Cindy McGill called understanding your dreams. It is four parts and it's very informative and it's going to help you interpret your dreams for other people and understand these things so that you don't fall into the trap of interpreting things literally. Cause I've found with my dreams just to kind of sidestep for a second that there I would say nine times out of 10, not literal. And no. I, maybe I'm being, maybe I'm being too lenient and saying nine times out of 10, but um, there've been a few times where I'm like, that was real. And I saw a legit projection of like, what is going to happen in the future with something, you know, but um, yeah. So my spiritual son Ray is asking in the comments, what if somebody prophesies a name to you? Um, so in that instance, guys, like if somebody has prophesied a name to you, you just take it to the Lord, mm -hmm. you know, don't get wrapped up and obsessed with it. You just say, Hey God, you know, I'm going to give this to you. And if this is for me, then would you show me what the next steps are? 
mm-hmm. and you know ask ask him what the timing is and he'll things will come to pass if they're supposed to come to pass right um but yeah the the literal thing and that's how a real prophet can legitimately miss it like even paul missed it so like in the book of acts chapter 27 uh in verse 10 okay Paul receives a prophetic word about the ship that he's on. And he says that it's going to, it's going to be wrecked. And he said, there's going to be, we're going to lose the ship and we're going to lose all the, all the, all the men, everyone's going to die. Right. And so, wow, that's crazy. And he tells everybody that. And then an angel shows up and actually corrects him and says, Mm -hmm. yeah, well, actually, you are going to lose the ship, but there will be no loss of life. Paul, if I may, Paul, if I may, uh, actually. <laughs> Paul. Yes, exactly. Yeah. That's exactly what he like. I'm sorry. Hey, guy, you know, yeah. um, that we're no. So and that was the Apostle Paul in the book of Acts. Yeah. I'm so grateful that the Bible um you know, records those instances. There are a few other instances where a prophetic word was received um, from the Lord, but it was just misinterpreted. And so we've got to be careful about the interpretation. And some of the ways that we can misinterpretation is through selective hearing. So like, if there is something really on the forefront of my heart or on my mind, right? And then I get a prophetic word, um, because that thing is on my heart, then that is what I'm wanting to hear from the mm-hmm. Lord. And it might not be connected at all. Mm-hmm. I've given prophetic words to people where I've said something. And then when they say it back to me, it wasn't at all what I said. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, where did they come up with that? It's selective hearing. Um, mm-hmm. So we, when we receive it, we just say, yes, Lord, be it unto me as you know, you've said, and how can I, partner with this. Okay. So I'm going to go back to this. The Lord will not let me leave it alone. Okay. Like it's driving me nuts. I got to say this. If you are a Christian single and you have received a prophetic word about getting married, or you just desire to get married and you're not asking people out on dates, you're not going to get married. (laughs) Okay. Prince charming. Isn't going to walk into your living room on a white feed okay and swoop you up off the couch girlfriend all right um guys if if you're if you want to get married and and you're not asking them out on a date or you're not asking the lord hey where is it that i might find my significant other if you're not willing to go out and step out of your daily routine my God, then yeah, you're, you're not going to get married. It's not going to happen. Yeah. You won't ever cross yeah. paths. Yeah. Yes. And does that so mean I'm... that you have to date everybody that, you know, every man or woman that moves? No, no. that's not what that means. Like what you're hearing? Help us continue to make Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. To get behind this ministry, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Now back to the show. No, but, but you know... I just think, yeah, sorry, go ahead. No, I was even saying like some, some people, another thing I have been, I've been ministering to somebody who was single and been single for a long time. And the Lord said, I do desire to give them a spouse. It's not good for them to be alone. Mm -hmm. They don't have the gift of singleness. And he told me that. And I said, okay, well, God, where, where, where would they find their spouse? You know, who do you have for them? And he straight up said, 
tell them to sign up for Christian Mingle. And I'm like, or eHarmony. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, a dating site? I'm yeah, like, which in the 90s, you said it, you're like, those are all rapists. And you know, it's like, right. now it's different. It's changed a lot. It's yeah. different. But then I will give that to the person and they'll be like, no, yeah, or no, I already tried it. And I'm like, well, then you need to renew your subscription, honey, or you don't want to get married that bad. Yeah. Um, because I just gave you a solution from the Lord and you're not receiving it. So, you yeah. know, um, I just like, and, and not being so prideful that they won't receive where God's inviting them to look. You just have to mm -hmm. step out. You just, girls look, I know you're shy, but you just got to step out. You got to take a risk. Like God meets you at risk, man. It's either take the risk in the moment or risk the rest of your life, not having the thing that God desires for you to have. Uh -huh. You yeah. know, what is worse? Like you've got to where are the scales in that? Are you willing to stay comfy and quiet or are you willing to you know, risk losing out on what God might have in store for you. Worst yeah. case scenario, you get rejected by a dude that wasn't meant for you, or you get rejected by a chick that wasn't meant for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, you're accepted by God. So you can't be rejected. Yeah. And I think some of you need to hear that. Uh, stop trying to find men and women in bars. Whew. Stop. Like the, people are there for one thing. Yeah. Tinder, same thing. They're there for one thing. You don't want, you don't want to go the meat market route. Like, like you don't like, it's not, it's so shallow and lacks any, any kind of meaningful human connection. Um, yeah. Stop. Like, and I think the big thing is changing, changing your, your habits. You know, I was blessed that I was on a YWAM base. So we were like constant flow of new people all the time, you know, and you're doing things, you're going places, you're doing all this stuff, but just look at your life. Like I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of years ago and I've shared this before, but he was like really down. Cause he's like, I don't have a girlfriend. Uh, and he worked at a place that was like, you know, he was in his twenties and he worked with like all middle-aged people who were married you know, um, and it was just like, you know, a really tight knit group of people. And then he would go to the, uh, he would go to the game store and just go in and out. And then he was at home the rest of the time. And I was like, where, where in here do you feel like there's a good way to meet a girl? And he's like, well, like nowhere. <laughs> and, and so like, I was like, okay, so what can we do? to change your daily habits. So maybe like once a week you go and you're just available. You're not like, oh, is that my future wife? Is that my future wife? Right. <laughs> just be available. Wife? That's really all it is. Uh, okay. Someone asked, are, are you saying that women should ask men out on a date? What does that look like? Sometimes I, I'm saying both. Girls, can I just, can I be real? My husband didn't ask me out. Okay. He still don't ask me out. I ask him out. Yeah. You know, they, well. and we're married and he's a man of God. Okay. And I know he loves me and he loves me in the way that he does. But I would not have found that man. I would not have married that man if it had not been me stepping out. 
Okay, so I'm just gonna be real with you. Yeah, just be, just because you're a lady does not mean look. And even Audrey, Audrey said I asked Lewis out. It just depends, okay? If, if you're meant to marry an introvert, chances are you're gonna have to take the leap, okay? Yeah. But another thing too is like navigating. Chris, look, this has gotten off on a totally different tangent here, but I believe that I believe that 2023 we're gonna see tons of marriages. Because it's going to be a sign that God has has reestablished his covenant with America, mm-hmm. right? With his body. And I and I think too, it's it's going to be a sign that he's preparing his bride. Mm-hmm. And I think that it's also gonna be because we're gonna see power couples rise on on onto the scene that are gonna be um m- matched in the way that they are to do exploits for the Lord. And so, because David is absolutely one, every single prophetic word I've ever received in my life, David has been, been connected to, mm-hmm. um, when God prophesies over you, he's prophesying over your spouse too. And that took yeah. some years to, to go with, but I'm just telling you guys, like, you know, David is more of an introvert, you know? And so, and sometimes he just doesn't, sometimes they just don't know what you need you know what i mean or and they just need to sometimes people just need to know that there is interest there because if you act like there is no interest there then you know why would they show their interest does that make right yeah there's this weird thing and this is something that happened to me is like this weird thing of like a guy needs to pursue me so i'm going to reject him but he should still pursue me and i'm like (laughs) No, like guys are going to be like, cause it's, it's tough going out on a limb. Like I know I walked it. Like it is tough to go out on a limb and be vulnerable. And then to have a girl audibly cringe when you ask her out on a date, cause that's what happened to me. And so I, th- that, but then I got blasted afterwards because I was like, Nope, shut that door. Doors closed. We're done. Like abort mission. And then my, and then my friends, mutual friends got upset with me cause I wouldn't pursue her still. And I'm like, why would I? I don't want to endure that. So keep that in mind too, ladies, um, that guys, we can be tough. We can be gruff, but we also have feelings. And uh, if you have some warped view of what it means for a woman to pursue a man because of romantic comedies or whatever, like, please stop. Like, just stop. Like, it, it, like do your, do your guy a favor you know, uh, and he could be a good guy, but maybe he's not picking up on every cue. Also, one other thing I want to point out, very important ladies quit. If you have a view of what you would like someone to uh, your husband or a boyfriend or, a, you know, someone that you, you know, you're, you guys are thinking about dating and you constantly criticize every effort he makes in trying to pursue you stop, mm-hmm. like stop. That is the worst thing you could do because guess what? It's actually going to have an an opposite effect, all right? What you're going to do to a guy is he's going to hear that even if he's married and he's, you know, maybe he didn't buy you the flowers that you like and and he's not listening to your social cues, but he bought you flowers. If you sit there and you berate him or you give these snide jabbing comments because he didn't get you the thing or he didn't pick up on your social cues, but he's trying, he's actually going to want to do it less. And I know because I'm a guy, he's going to want to do it less. And then you're going to be in even more trouble because then you're going to berate him because he's not doing enough and it's going to make him not want to do it even more. So there. 
I don't know, guys. I'm like, this is my personal opinion. Um, I just think that as believers, number one, you have to understand that, you know, arranged marriages are actually more successful than our Western mindset. I'm going to wait for my soulmate. Um, that's actually not the biblical view of marriage. Okay. And you guys can hate me for this if you want to. I really pray that you don't. I pray that you seek the Lord on it and that you read the Bible. Um <laughs> Or even study like Jewish culture, but like mm-hmm. Jewish cult, like they understand and in the Bible, look, all of marriage is a prophetic picture of Christ loving the church. Okay. It is another covenant institution that, that God created for us to conform to the image of self-sacrificing love. Okay. Paul depicts all of that. Um, in the New Testament, in the book of Corinthians, like how husbands are supposed to love their wives and how wives are supposed to love their husbands. And it all is supposed to be a picture of Jesus and the church and us being conformed to love. Okay. So we, over time, learn how to love each other. And I don't care what kind of romance you had. The first five years of marriage are always the hardest because you're learning how to navigate sacrificial love and willingness to work things out heck or high wall water. So uh, that was my experience. That's been my experience, you know, doing couples counseling for years. And it's, it's all because it's another thing that God is saying, Hey, I want you to look like me. And, and you, marriage is learning how to love a often unlovable person. It's seeing them with all their flaws, all their beauty, mm-hmm. you know, all, but, and then choosing to love them. And I mean, that's my personal opinion. I don't, I believe that, um, yeah, there can be people that God has purposed for us, but then I also kind of have this other perspective that, it's about us being conformed to the image of love more than it's about there being one soulmate for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, it- come on. I mean, this is like a whole episode in and of itself because there's a lot I have to say about this whole like the soulmate thing. Uh, yeah. So, yeah. You know, and but- I have a whole teaching on that too that we talked about in EMM. And so, guys, like, it's not so much about like you've got to wait to find the perfect person. Guys, nobody is perfect. Right. It's about like for me, I, I, I this is I mean, and I'm married and I never plan on getting a divorce. I crazy love my husband. He is he is my man. OK, mm-hmm. um, but I, I personally would just think that like as Christians, we got purposeful lives to live. We don't have time to mess around, you know, stop waiting for things to be a fairy tale and just go into it with intentionality. Mm -hmm. You know, if there's somebody that you're interested in, approach them and be like, Hey, you know what? I, I kind of like you. Would you be interested in like, you know, maybe exploring that? Some of you going out on dates. Some of you are like, Oh man, your hearts are pounding right now. Cause you're like, yeah. And then, yeah, you're about to have an awakening said, says, look, be- <laughs> look, well, get woke up and, you know, and then just ask, like, would you be interested in exploring that? And like, if they say yes, then woohoo, great. And if they say no, all right, it's just an indicator that that's not the one for you. Mm-hmm. And so move on. 
but you know, go out on a couple dates and like be praying, be intentional, ask the Lord, like, is this the one, you know, that, that you could have for me? Um, or is this one that you could have for me that we could work, you know, look for red flags. If there are things that you absolutely cannot, um, live with, right. Then, Hey, you know, man, it's been awesome getting to know you, but I really, this is some things that are very important to me. And I don't mm-hmm. think that if we're lining up on this, then we can really proceed, sure. you know, and then just step away, move on. Yeah. It doesn't have to be like that, this crazy thing. And, you know, if you ever, Jeff, just, if you ever want to have some, uh, godly sex education on the show, I have a whole scientific biblically backed teaching on how physical intimacy, one of the reasons why it is reserved for covenant marriage is because of the chemicals and mm-hmm. the, um, the genetic makeup that is exchanged in that act that actually reinforces feelings of love, fidelity, um, the desire to protect and the desire to nurture one another Mm. in marriage. And it's through physical intimacy. Mm. And when it's done outside of covenant, it's not safe because those relationships are broken and that makes broken hearts. So it's only safe within covenant. So if you haven't been physically or sexually, you know, active with somebody, which you shouldn't be, you know, until you get married, And if you're a Christian dating, like you need to have safeguards in place for that, but it shouldn't be hard to walk away um, because you don't have that. (laughs) You get what I'm saying? Um, It's, I I think, I I think, I think I've got, I've laid the foundation for that. Yeah. Yeah. I I would say to like, just, uh, um, and then we'll close because I have a question, a Christmas questionnaire that we have to ask and then we need to close. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. As close as I can to an hour. And then you and I just go forever. So. But we were holding strong. People haven't, you know, we've been holding strong on the views. So we're good. Yes. Um, but uh, I would say if there, if there are certain no compromise, I, these are things I need to hold. I, they, they, you know, guy or the girl that I'm going to date, like they need to be these things. I would take them before the Lord if you haven't already and just ask God, hey, God, are there any of these that don't, literally don't matter? And if there are some that you can distill down for me, what I'm really after in these, he will show you. He did it for me. My desire was just to be understood, you know? Um, And uh, so, yeah. Um, Okay, Krista, I'm going to have you pray. And then we're going to do a Christmas questionnaire. Woohoo! All right. So, Lord, I just thank you for everybody under the sound of my voice. God, I just ask right now that um, you would just clear away a cloud of confusion, specifically when it comes to your voice and how you want to communicate. God, I pray that not a single person on here would go seeking a word from a prophet when the prophet Yeshua HaMashiach, the very living spirit of God desires to communicate with them all day long, that there is open access, that there is no closed heaven. Mm -hmm. You are always speaking to them. And Lord, I just ask right now, anybody who has not 
received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that right now, God, your Holy Spirit would come upon them and that you would fill them, Lord, and that you would awaken within them this the gift of prophecy, that they would experience your voice and your communication, God, and that they would produce the fruit of the Spirit. Lord, I pray that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and knowledge and understanding and that you would increase our discernment in the days ahead so that none of us fall prey to a false prophet or a false shepherd or a false apostle or anybody who is false that is actually a wolf in sheep's clothing, God, but that we would know your voice as the good shepherd and that you would lead us into all truth, all freedom, all life. And God, I pray that those who are on here that are already experiencing God's voice, that they would grow in maturity and in wisdom and how to relay those prophetic words to the world around them to build up, to comfort, and uh, to edify the body of Christ. And so, Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you for your word. And God, I just release, um, I, I feel specifically that the Lord wants to release uh, spiritual dreams, that he wants to release uh, dreams in your night season for you to experience the voice of God. And so, Lord, I just release that. I release prophetic dreams over your body, mm-hmm. um, God. And I pray also for this for the gift of interpretation, that they will know what you mean when you give them a dream, because you're not the author of confusion and interpretation comes by your spirit as well. And so thank you, God, for the prophetic adventure that we are all on. And we say yes and amen in Jesus' name. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm talking about. All right, Krista, we are going to, obviously people can follow you on YouTube, Krista Elisha. They can go to Instagram. They can go to your website, which is right there and get all kinds of great information about your mentorship program and all that good stuff. So now what we're going to do is we're going to do a Christmas questionnaire. So Michael, go ahead and play the intro one more time. And then we're going to do this. Woo. Okay. I always feel like I'm in Pee Wee's Playhouse. I know. Whenever you do that, I love it. Okay. So question number one, and everybody feel free to comment in the comment section or in the live chat, your own answers. Because we'll go back and read them. Question number one. What is on your Christmas song playlist this year? Um, Santa Baby and Mary Did You Know. Mary mm. Did You Know is my favorite one this year. Yeah, mine is O Come, O Come, Emmanuel. That, that I keep going to. Yeah. Lindsey Sterling, everything Lindsey Sterling. I'm listening to Lindsey Sterling a lot this year. Um, okay. Favorite question number two. Favorite holiday drink or snack or both? Holiday drink? I think I like eggnog. Okay. Mm-hmm. Eggnog's right. probably my favorite. I've never been a huge cider person. Um, we don't do spiked eggnog. I actually have a little, we have a running joke. My dad used to play jokes on us all the time when we were kids. And um, we had told... <laughs> a story that um, nogs were actually a creature and that <laughs> they, they were milked in, in like Finland or something I like that. I love it. That's and, amazing. 
<laughs> and so um, when they asked where eggnog came from, but yes. So. That's awesome. Do you have a favorite snack or food, holiday food? Holiday food. I always just love turkey. I don't okay. know. Turkey. Oh, you, so you guys are like turkey, uh, turkey for Christmas people? Yes. Yes. Um, that was always the big thing. And then my granny always made like a dressing. It's not, I guess it would be like stuffing to some other families, mm -hmm. you know, that you put in the turkey, but we don't do it that way. We make it as like a casserole on the side. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Dude, we yeah. have recipes. That's probably the traditions that my family holds true to our, um, our recipes. They were all passed down from like, we have a chicken and dumpling recipe that is literally like four generations old and it's oh, wow. five ingredients. Wow. Um, we still make it that way. So chicken and dumpling is really good. Oh my gosh. I know such comfort. I'm really hungry right now too. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're uh, so tedious though. My mom like would roll them out and then cut them and oh, yeah. drop them one by one in the, mm. in the thing. So that's a labor of love too. Um, mm. So yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, question number three, what is your favorite ornament on your tree or you can answer both, but what is your favorite Christmas decoration? So ornament on your tree or Christmas decoration, do you have a favorite? Well, honestly, um, my, my Christmas tree, um, or what some people say, my pagan tree, <laughs> it's not <laughs> pagan at all. It's my Christmas tree. Pagan. It represents Jesus. Yeah. Okay. Who is, yeah, um, that's another thing. Um, that is my favorite because it has been, it was a tradition with my mom. She actually kept uh, all these old Christmas ornaments. Everything that my mom got was like prophetic. There was always like a story behind it. And so the one that she got for the ornament that she got the year that I was born is actually a little horn, like a golden horn and it says joy on it. Oh, and that's awesome. my other middle name is it's Elisha joy. Uh -huh. Um, and I have that. So that's 38 years old now. Um, so every year when there's a new baby, you get a new Christmas ornament mm -hmm. and, um, the Lord will actually have me get ornaments every year that have a story behind them. So like the year that I met, uh, Papa Scott and Mama Ann, like I got a police officer's hat that represented Papa Scott. And then I got a camera that represented when he started videotaping me. And, you know, so like those things. So I look at um, these ornaments on my tree and it's all God speaking into different seasons of my life and people that I love. And then I have this one thing that I do every single year. It's with my kids. Um, I always get a Christmas ornament that has their picture on it. And, and so like, even though in my house, you don't see like their pictures from kindergarten to, you know, whatever they, when my Christmas tree comes out, you see pictures of my kids from when they were born all the way up to where they are now. Awesome. So my Christmas tree is my favorite. Oh, that's great. Okay. So question number four, what is your favorite Christmas related activity that you've done this year so far? This year I had an ugly Christmas sweater party at the revival rooms awesome. and a whole crew of my mentorship group came and like, not only was it my, all my friends here, 
my family here, but then they all came and it was amazing. We gave, uh, my friend Chris actually allowed me to dress him up as Chris Kringle. And he came out with a giant, I was like, you're my hero tonight. He came out with a giant bag and that we had stuffed full of like prophetic gifts. And then we had people come out and pick a gift out. And then we had a big exchange and we had a party where we did uh, a rap race. So we had people in teams like have to wrap another person up in, in wrapping paper. Oh my goodness. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So that was my favorite thing. How this fun. Year. Yeah, that sounds fun. Okay. Question number five. We're almost done. What Christmas movie character or characters are you most like? This is a good one. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Ghost of Christmas present from Christmas Carol. For me. <laughs> I'm, I'm merry, dude. Like around Christmas, I get holly and jolly. So. Oh my gosh. I yeah. love that. I can see yeah. that about you. I love the yeah. Christmas Carol. That's probably my favorite. Oh, movie. dude. We watched it the other night. The George C. Scott one. Totally just like. Like Lauren was like right here. And I'm just like tears are streaming down my face at the end. Oh, man. I love it. I know. I love yeah all of them that is like the one christmas movie that it was my mom's favorite too um so that was the one thing that we always watch and we'll watch like the muppets christmas carol Dude, you know like yeah so for me i don't know it's not really a christmas character but um i keep thinking that if i was like a character that was related to a cold Thing, I would probably be Anna from Frozen. Okay. Is what I kind of feel like. The I don't Elsa. know. Cindy Lou Who? I don't know. Yeah. Don't know. Okay. Yeah. Right on. Okay. Question six. You kind of already answered it. it. Are you a pro or an anti eggnog person? You're a pro eggnog person. Pro eggnog. Okay. Yeah. Same here. Love it. I put it in my coffee too. Uh, <laughs> so good. All right. We have a bonus question though. Okay. This is the last question. What one word best describes Christmas for you? Joy. Mm. So definitely. I just mm -hmm. like, you know, joy to the world. Mm -hmm. um, heaven and earth is reckoned. I mean, like what? Yeah, it's just joy. It's just pure joy. It used to not be. Um, but now that I see it through the lens of like heaven and over arcing my life and how, you know, heaven and earth has been reconciled. And even with like the speak life project and, you know, I just, I get wrecked thinking about it. Like mm. I love the story of, I've been thinking a lot about Mary specifically um, and what that must've been like for her. It's like, God is, is, I used to hate Christmas. It's so funny to me. And like now God just gives me these little prophetic nuggets about Christmas specifically that just absolutely wreck my world. And I'm mm. like, man, that is so deep. Like Jesus was born and he was put in a manger. The mm. manger is the trough that the animals ate from. And I was like, God, why, why were you put in a manger? And he showed me Bethlehem. Bethlehem means the house of bread. And he said, it was a sign that I was going to be the bread of life that was going to satisfy mm. the souls of mankind once and for all. And I'm like, just like rocked, like weeping in my chair, you know, like, Oh, he's just a baby, you know? Um, 
so yeah so i love it joy. uh yes and i would agree definitely joy um i also want to point out something very controversial in the live chat that uh someone answered on behalf of the whole of elijah fire and said anti-eggnog here i would like the record to show that they do not speak for the whole of elijah fire so how <laughs> dare you whoever you were so you're totally busted do not I feel like it was lies. michael Lies, they're lies. Was it also, Michael? Uh, I am not sure. Jillian, <laughs> Jillian, I agree with you. Eggnog French toast is amazing. So, oh, I need yes. to try that. Yes, it's delicious. All right, Chris. I knew it was Michael. Michael. Illumination oh, said egg. Michael. Uh, yeah, he's actually in the minority because Illumination agrees with eggnog as well. So, mm, sorry, Michael. I knew it. Deal I with it. it. A word You're of one third. One third. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, Krista, seriously, thank you so much. Uh, what a what a fun way to kind of close out before we hit Christmas, just doing the Christmas special. So thank you so much. Oh, no problem. You're the best. I, love you. I yeah. always I, we always have fun on these. We do. We really it's do. just like a it's a party. Yeah, we here. could go for four hours if we wanted to. <laughs> I, I think I think you're probably the only one that I could do that. Yeah, like, it's pretty easy. Um, so everybody, that is our show. Tune in tomorrow for as we close out the countdown to Christmas with Christmas part two, Christmas special part two. And I think you guys know who it is. It's Krista J. Bullock. It's going to be a blast. Um, and uh, and then we're going to all celebrate Christmas with our families in our homes, all that good stuff. So you bless everybody. Tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with the Christmas special part two featuring Krista J. Bullock. Also, there's a donation link at the end. Elijahfire.com slash donate keeps this whole thing afloat. We're also doing amazing work in Uganda with freshwater wells. We're doing some stuff stateside as well, creating these water boxes for um, communities like in Missouri. Um, amazing. So thank you so much for your generosity, you guys. God bless you. And we'll see you tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time for Christmas part two. See you then. Bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.